Friends, we need to chat. As the days count by, I can't help but think about the shift from the first half to the second half of the year. 2024 is flying by so fast. I want to give you a heads up that I'm hosting a free mid-year reboot event at the end of June. It's called Start Fresh, and it's exclusively for email subscribers. I'll be teaching how to untangle all of your projects and ideas to create a motivating plan for scrapbooking during the rest of 2024. The event will also feature a special offer for a no-subscription membership that is only available once per year. To lead up to this exclusive event, I'm also sharing some of my best secrets for scrapbooking more consistently with my email subscribers. If you are not getting emails from me, from Jennifer Wilson from Simple Scrapper, make sure you press pause on this episode and head over right now to simplescrapper.com slash focus. Simply enter your information and you'll be all squared away. Plus, I'll send you the Focus Finder, our favorite tool that you can start using immediately. I'll see you over there. We're always documenting other people and our kids and their lives and their points of view. And I I feel so strongly that I wish that I had that of my parents. So I keep thinking my kids will eventually want that about me. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 176. In this episode, I'm catching up with Veronica Milan about her new podcast, her most used app, and how she distinguishes project life and memory planning in her personal creative practice. Hey, Veronica, welcome back to Scrapbook Your Way. Hi, thanks for having me, Jen. Yes, I'm so excited. Our last conversation ended up being kind of short, so I wanted to have you back on just to catch up and see what's going on in your creative world. But can you remind our audience who you are, what you do, where you live, and all that? Yes, I'm Veronica Milan. I live in Central California and uh, with my husband of almost, I want to say 17 years, good Lord, and <laughs> um, we have three children. Uh, two boys and a girl. I have a 16-year-old, a now 12-year-old, and she's almost 11. She's counting down the days. It's, this this is her birthday month, and she she thinks oh, the whole month yeah. is her birthday. So of um, we do have one pet. We have a cat named Milo. I think the last time we spoke, I didn't have a pet. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. So I don't know if I had gotten my cats yet either. So we got two kittens in September, I think. And they've just been, oh no, they were born in September. We got them in November. So yeah, they've been growing like crazy. They're like 10 and 12 pounds already. And they were, they were newborns. So I, we, we got him, um, I think he was a couple of weeks old. I mean, he was tiny in August. Mm -hmm. So I think we're, we're. We're cat Close. mamas around the same time. Yeah. And we yeah. spoil him rotten. He's a rotten cat. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's so much fun. So I can't believe we didn't have a cat for so long. So because I, it's yeah, it's just a it makes home life even greater. All right, I know my kids are so much happier, and they had been begging for a cat for years, and I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want any pets, nope, you know, but. We caved. We're like, look, fine. And now I'm the one that's like, I'm like, where's mama's fur baby? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you remember all the baby talk you did for your kids with your cat, <laughs> right? It comes back. <laughs> so what's exciting you right now in memory keeping and the scrapbooking world? Wow. So, well, I guess all the the running projects have always been super exciting for me. Um, and um, I, as you know, I have a, I've learned all from you <laughs> how to be a great podcast host. So I started a podcast myself and um, that's pretty much it in the creative world. It's just keeping a constant uh, schedule. I, I'm, I'm also on design teams, which I said for sure. I think I said it last time when mm-hmm. you interviewed me, I'm like, I don't do design teams. And slowly, you know, people ask me, oh, you know, will you be on this team? And I'm like, okay, sure. You know, and so I, I've done that. I'm on three separate uh, teams. I'm on Coco Daisy, a cherry on top and freckled fawn. Oh, that's so fun. I saw freckled fawn just came out with a new 12 by 12 kit too. Yes. She's doing her and I go way back when I had a business. Um, We did CHA together, hung out together. She's a mom and pop shop. So she is just a lovely person all around. So she, um, yeah, she asked me, she's like, Hey, can you do, she's, I think people have noticed that I do reels. And so then, you know, it pops up on their feed and she's like, Hey, wait a minute. I didn't even know you were crafting. Cause for a while I kind of, uh, wasn't doing anything. So now mm-hmm. I'm back. Yeah. I think we all go through seasons of one thing is more of a focus than the other. And, um, I love that we have so many options today to always meet our interests. There's never a lack of things to make. Right. You're right. And and there's so many different sizes, so many different styles of of creating that you can I can get bored really easily. I mean, I've said it a million times. I've got ADHD. And so I can easily just be like, okay, I don't like the size anymore. Or I've tried the TN size mm-hmm. and um, then I find like, oh, this is too small. It's too confined. And now I'm back in a TN. Like currently I'm like, oh, I love this size. I'm like, where were you all my life? <laughs> like, so I, that's how I feel about 12 by 12. I was like, I'm never doing 12 by 12 again, eight and a half by 11 or smaller. And then all of a sudden I do something and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. It's so amazing. Why have I not been doing this? So. <laughs> right. You go back to the space and you're like, hey, like what? Because I hardly um, do any layouts. I've been doing pocket pages and mini albums and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to do any layouts, but I'm sure I'll jump back in. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So this is our storytelling creative journey at Simple Scrapper during May and June. And we always love to ask our podcast listeners, what is on your memory keeping bucket list? So this is one story that you've not yet told, but it feels important to tell. Oh, wow. Well, I just missed that story. So forever, I kept thinking that I had written down the story of how I met Albert for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And it was kind of shocking because I'm like, wait, 
where's that story? Like, did I put it in a project live? Where is it? I know I wrote that story down and it was all just in my head because I had never written it down. Um, and I created this book out of uh, an old vintage book. And so that's kind of like still a running story. I still have photos in there and mm -hmm. still working on it slowly. And I think it's because it brings back so many crazy memories of the way we met. And because Albert and I met online and back when we met, that wasn't a thing. You know, we didn't have yeah. what we have now where everybody can meet online and then, you know, become, you know, they get married and stuff. And so we used to say, we met at church. Okay. We're going to tell our kids we met at church <laughs> because it was just so weird, you know, back then. So I ended up making this album for uh, Albert and I, the way we met. And it's in a little vintage book. I went on a mad hunt for this book. And so I told, or I'm telling the story of how we met, how we dated, all of the good stuff is in there. And I think I was holding off on it because I didn't want my kids to find it. And like, read those stories. <laughs> Not that they're oh, sure. bad, but it just, they weren't at that age to even ask those questions. And the way it came up was my son, who is now 16, and of course has interest in girls now. And he's like, asking more questions about dating and how do you date? And I'm like, Oh, no, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for it. Um, so I was telling him, well, this is the way I met your father. And you know, this is how long we, we talked and all of it. And so then I was like, I've never written this down and I think it needs to be told somehow. So that's a story that I'm currently still working on. I'm so glad that you're working on that. Cause that's just something that's so rewarding and will be meaningful to your kids someday. And I love that you found kind of a fun way to approach it too. So that's neat. Yeah. There's a lot of hidden pockets in there. And I'm like, if you don't find the story too bad, <laughs> like, that's on you for not opening the pocket. There's, yeah. I'm just, I'm still, I don't know why a little like hesitant over it. Like, Oh, I, I think it's because I was raised so strict mm -hmm. and I feel like all those subjects are taboo. Like, you know, first kiss first. I'm like, Oh no, we, we shouldn't talk of that. Like, it's so weird. Uh yeah, no, like I definitely have not scrapbooked that my first kiss with my husband when my now husband was in an airport. And so like it feels a little sneaky. I don't know. Like so but you know, it's it's an important part of our story. And every time we're at that airport, we always like reminisce about it. And so yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah, I, I grew up so I'm Mexican American. My parents are very, very strict. Like they I mean, even to this day, I still and everybody knows this. You you shudder from your parents. You're like, uh oh, like I shouldn't be doing that. And and when I was dating Albert, one day he came over, and I lived alone in my own apartment. Now, mind you, Jen, I was very independent. I had my own car, my own apartment, my own job. You know, I was going to school part time. I was very much an independent girl, and mm -hmm. I still had this fear of what would my parents think that oh my god, a boy's in my apartment, like. I was yeah. 25. <laughs> I'm like, what are you thinking, woman? But at the time, like I had dated guys before and it was so funny because they never understood it. They'd be like, you're over 18, woman. Stop acting like, you know, you need approval of your parents. And I'm like, it'll never end. That never ends. You always have to, um, 
you know, think about what your parents would think. And I hid Albert in the closet. Because <laughs> <Aww. laughs> my mom came over and I was like, oh, no, I don't want to even have to ask her. Like, you know, I don't want to talk to her about it. I don't want her to ask me questions about it. Like, why is he here? You know, I was like, oh, no. So I was like, get in the closet. And he was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes, I'm serious. Get in the closet. Like, hurry. And see, those types of stories are in that book because I remember now in hindsight, I'm like, man, you were a weirdo. <laughs> but you didn't do those types of things. Like when you grew up so strict, even today, like there's still things that I'm like, my parents would never approve of that. Like, <laughs> so those stories are in that book. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know, it, it is, it's about how you were raised and what you're used to and what your parents' expectations are. And we all have kind of slightly different experiences, but my husband, he had kind of a similar experience to, to yours and he has got so many different stories of like his dad didn't speak to him for three months because of something that he did. And, but when we got married, I moved here and we moved in about, I don't know, two two or three weeks before our wedding day. And I wasn't going to go live somewhere else because right. I was moving across the country, but we had, I have two stepsons. And so he slept on the couch for those first two to three weeks until oh. we got married. <laughs> and then he moved back into the bedroom. So <laughs> we did it the, you know, the way, even though I don't think his mother ever stopped by during that time, but even just with the boys, he didn't want to, you know, give an inappropriate yeah. uh, uh, impression, I guess. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it, his mom had stopped by, you'd be in the closet too, Jen. <laughs> yes, I know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk just a little bit about what's new with you this year. Um, what are your creative projects? What's working well and what's maybe not working as well? Yeah. So I have a lot of running projects. Um, it is my third year doing a memory planner. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's been so fun because I feel like, I don't know, I think that in the past before, like I was always busy with either promoting my business, promoting something, you know, working for someone um, and promoting product. And I feel mm -hmm. like the memory planner is finally a place where um, I get to tell all the story, like the little small mundane things about myself and it's, I mean, and it's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, I will post things like new vitamins I'm taking, you know, shows I'm watching. And, um, and, and I, when I look back at them, like I've looked back at my, my old memory planners, I'm just so excited. Like I could go back and sometimes I'm like, what was the name of that vitamin? And I'm like, oh, I know where it's at. It's in my memory planner. And I'll go back and I'm like, yep, that's the name, you know, and then I'll order it on Amazon. So I find that the memory planner, because I have this question a lot where they're like, what's the difference between your memory planner and your project life? And so the two mm, projects. Good question. Yeah. And the two projects that I have that are running are the project life and the memory planner. And the memory planner is all for me. It's almost like a graphic novel about my life. And that's where I put all of my interests, all of my opinions, and I'm very opinionated. <laughs> so, all of that goes in there, like the shows I'm watching, the music I'm listening to, what's in my purse currently, you know, what's in my refrigerator, my cart, all the things that I that are all about me. And I, I always found that that was so interesting, because before I would say like, oh, that's so vain to like, scrapbook about yourself, like, in that much detail, you know, and 
I now when I think about it, like I wish because I don't have that many pictures of my mom or my dad. And I wish I had some sort of story behind like the 10 photos that we have of them. Yes. Because there's nothing. It's just like the date or, you know, sometimes it's the age and that's it. And so you're just kind of like, oh, but, you know, why were you wearing that? Or why, why are you standing in front of this house? Or, you know, and there's no story behind it. And so I decided, you know, three years ago, I'm like, I'm going to tell bits and pieces of my life from my point of view uh, to my kids. And they may think of this book like, meh, but it's really a way for me to process life as well. Um, so I really love the memory planner. And I don't think I can't see myself. I actually bought <laughs> extra memory planners because Crate Paper came out with this memory planner, the, the template of it uh, in 2019. And then they swapped the format in 2020. Oh. Yeah. And it messed up my groove. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? You can't do that to me. So then I went back and I bought the 2019. I believe I have like four in <laughs> in a bin because I don't want to lose that format. I love the classic format. Um, sure, sure. And I found that uh, Happy Place, their paper got really thin. And so I can't stamp on there. It bleeds through. I have heard different things about that. The Happy Planner, like the paper got a little thinner and then maybe they fixed it in some of the new planners, like the most recent collection. But I have heard some some different rumors and mumblings about that. Yeah. So I I, I made sure I covered my bases and I went and bought <laughs> great paper ones from Joanne's with a coupon. I'm like, I'll just every week I'll buy another one and I'll just keep them stashed, you know, so I have years to come because I don't see myself ever ending the the planner like the memory planner all about me and the project life is more for my kids I rarely put anything behind the photos um, I'll just put the date and their name <laughs> kind of like old school you know and then I'll slip those in the album because I imagine years from now they will just want the photos and they'll take them maybe my daughter might yeah. want a card you know a three by four card with some embellishments on it but for the most part, I think they're just going to take the photos if they want those photos. Um, and that's why the Project Life is more of a family, a collected album. And the planner, the memory planner is more my life, just my life alone. Oh, I love this distinction. And that you have very clear roles and functions for these projects, which also makes it easier to justify doing both of them because they're fun for you. Right. And yeah, I I've I would say eighty to ninety percent of the guests that I've had on this year, and I don't know, maybe it's because you know I, I meet most people on Instagram, but everybody's doing some sort of memory planner, yeah. and it's such an interesting format. I've actually not really tried it. Uh, except for one week in January, maybe four years ago. Right, right. But <clears throat> I've thought about maybe even just buying one book and doing it just for that period of time. My objective is to say do 16 weeks or even 16 weeks over the course of the year in lieu of like week in the life or day in the life just to get that snapshot. Right. Even if I don't feel like I could kind of keep up with it long term. So I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah. And you know what it does too? It kind of holds me accountable to take more photos because mm. normally I wouldn't take that many photos. And and like I said before, I had this really bad stigma of like, you're being so vain, Veronica, stop it. 
Like, you know, and it's like, stop taking pictures of your food. Like, you know, and because I would do that, like, and then I'd be like, oh, I'm too shy. I don't know what to write about. I don't know where to put it. Like, where am I going to put this picture of my cheeseburger? You know, (laughs) now, like I will do it freely. And I'm like, I am taking pictures of my sushi, my cheeseburger, whatever I want, you know, because it also, it holds me accountable in all areas. I will see like, oh man, I ate crappy that week. You know, it's like, yes. (laughs) And it's my reminder of like, yep, I ate out like, you know, four or five times that week. That's bad, you know? And, and it'll also show me like, okay, I was on this oatmeal kick. I'm on an oatmeal kick right now. So I love Mm -hmm. oatmeal with pecans and blueberries and I have pictures of that. And so I'm like, oh yeah, like it, it just kind of, I don't know. It gives me just that snapshot of my my point of view, which we don't because as moms, we're always documenting, you know, other people and our kids and their lives and their points of view and, you know, what we think about their life. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel so strongly that I wish that I had that of my parents. So I keep thinking my kids will eventually want that about me, you know, um, and if they don't, that's fine. You know, it, uh, my 80 year old self will thank me when I, I forget things and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember this, you know. So I still feel like there's that's still my favorite project. Like, I still love it so much. And I haven't it ha- I haven't grown tired of it. So I think I'll just continue it until I don't like it anymore. I love that. That's a great philosophy. So you've mentioned on Instagram, there's one question you get more than any other, and it's related to working primarily on your memory planner. So can you tell me what that question is and what your solution is? Yes. It's always, how do you size those photos that small? Like that's the Mm -hmm. one question over and over. How do you get your pictures that small? Because the classic planner is a 1.4 by 2.4 little tiny picture. And I love to give it a little rim of white around it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, I just like that, that look. So people always ask like, how do you get them that small? And the simple answer is I use an app called print to size. And I used to use the selfie printer. Mm-hmm. And I found that the selfie printer was not giving me my full four by six space because they're, they're perforated at the ends. And then it would cut off the photo and I'd be like, wait a minute. So then I'd have to cut um, on the side of the perforation. It it was just a mess to me. Like I'm so anal when it comes to (laughs) things like that. And I'm like, oh, it would irk me that I had to leave that perforation there. And so I kept thinking like, there's got to be a better solution. There's got to be a better printer out there. There's got to be something out there. Um, I was, you know, then I went to like Walgreens and CVS and their quality of prints was so awful. Like Mm -hmm. even Costco's, they would, they would develop dark. And I'm like, this isn't the color I want. So I wanted more um, control of what I was printing. I wanted to be able to see it. I wanted to be able to like see it right. And I, of course, I want instant gratification. You know, I wanted to print at home. (laughs) And so I was looking everywhere and a friend of mine said, oh, I use print to size. And so I bought the app there. It's $2 for the app. And I realized that you can use any size on that print to size, but I use the eight and a half by 11 for the size of the, the photo paper. And you can, you can stick so many, it's like a little puzzle. You stick as many photos as you want on that size. And I found that that 
had the most room for those little tiny planner photos. And so I just stick them all on that big sheet of paper and I have to use HP photo and ink, photo paper and ink because I've tried to be a cheapo. <laughs> I laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I've tried Walmart paper and it just didn't work. Like the colors were not the same. And I've tried cheap um, HP ink um, for my HP printer. And mm-hmm. no, nope, no nope, negative commando. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned the hard way. I was like, ooh, this ink is horrible. So um, I just subscribed to the HP ink. Um, subscription that they have. And so I never run out of ink. They know when my printer needs ink and they just send me the ink um, in the mail. So that solved that issue. Oh, that's awesome. I don't think, I I wonder if Canon has anything like that because I'm the same way about my Canon paper and ink because I, it, it comes out the best. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and I, I mean, I've tried it all. Like I was trying to like save money here or there. And I'm like, stop doing that. Like, you know, I'm like, just roll with it. That's just how much it costs. And so the the HP ink that comes to me is perfect because, you know, it, it goes with the printer, obviously. But I never run out whenever I think before, you know, you don't know you're in the middle of a big old project and then you realize your ink's gone. You got to go out to Office Depot, wherever you need to get your ink. And then sometimes they don't have it. And you're like, oh my God, like, you know, you're wasting time. So for me, it all just made sense to have it all at home. Um, but that app seriously was my lifesaver because I just put all the photos on there and I could mix and match. Sometimes I only have like two weeks of memory planning and then a couple of photos that I need for a project life. And so I'll mix and match on that same sheet and print them all out. Oh, very fun. So what printer did you end up getting? I have an HP Envy. It's a, I always say it's a cheapy one, but I don't know why the pictures are so crisp. They're from, it's from Amazon. It's like $150. And so I thought, okay, it works for me. It's way better than the Walgreens, CVS or Costco photos. Like they're crisp and people will comment on that. They're like, where are you printing? Why is it so crisp? Why are your pictures so clear? And I'm like, it's just a cheapy printer, like a cheapy HP printer. So that's amazing. So I'm so glad to hear that. I will we'll definitely include a link in the show notes yeah. to the Printasize app as well as that printer. So. Yes. My printer is like very massive, so I have been looking for maybe something a little bit more compact for some smaller projects. So. Right. And see, I just use, I separate it. Everything is like in categories, I swear. It's my ADHD. I, yeah. I have my photo printer that prints, and that's just strictly photos. And then I have a laser printer where I do everything else, like anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have a laser printer downstairs. So I'm constantly we used to have it networked and then it lost it. So I just email things to my husband saying, hey, print this, print this. Yeah, because I don't want to use up my precious ink. Exactly. Regular stuff. So, yep. So, okay, so you mentioned that you've been making lots of reels. I'm curious, like, what's what's your goal with this content? What kind of themes do you choose and do you have any tips for those who want to create more reels, whether it's for, for fun or or to grow their following? Yeah. So like, okay, at the beginning of the year, I, I don't wouldn't say I, I make like resolutions or anything like that, but I do set like these goals for myself. And they're always just personal, my own weird goals. Um, so like last year, 
I wanted to reach 10,000 followers on Instagram. It was like a goal mm-hmm. of mine. I didn't know what the purpose was for that, but because I was like at 8,000, I was just like, at the end of the year, I want to reach, I've done this all my life. So I just set these goals and I, I reached it and I was like, walk, walk, walks. There was nothing great about it. I was like, <laughs> There's nothing here. You know, you're kind of like, okay, I've reached 10,000. Now what? <clears throat> And so it was nothing fantastic to reach that goal. And I thought, okay, next goal, like what else can I do? And um, I wanted to be able to, because I used to not do stories. I used to do nothing except for the posts. Mm -hmm. And my son, who is like a video guru, he's the 16-year-old, he's like very artistic. He would make reels for me. Like when I needed a reel, I'd say like, here, I need it to do this. I need it to do that. And then he'd be like, okay, like step aside. And then he'd make it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, then I started asking him like, how did you do that? And how did you edit that? And what? And he's like, it's super simple. He was trying to teach me how to make it. And I was like, Ooh, that's too much. It's too much for my brain. I can't handle it. <laughs> okay. So then at the, the beginning of the year, I told myself like, you can do that. You, you can yes. make a reel. Like if make a reel and I'm like, I can't, you know, so here I am fighting with myself. Like, no, I can't do it. I can't. Um, same goes with the YouTube channel that I have. Um, mm-hmm. I keep hearing my voice and then I like, I will beat myself up. I'm sure people will, can relate. Like I hate my voice. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, my hands have wrinkles on them. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I hate my wrinkles on my hands, you know, it all started tearing myself up. And I told myself that reels, we're going to be my, my new goal. I was going to make reels and I was going to make three months of consecutive reels just to see what happens because I had read somewhere that your following goes up with reels. And I'm mm-hmm. like, let me check this out because I had noticed at the beginning of the year, people weren't commenting as much on my posts. And I was like, where did all my people go? Like, you know, you had a consistent following of people who would comment and talk to you on online. I'm like, where do they go? Like, why, why did people stop commenting? Like, you know, and so like anything, us women, we want validation. We want a purpose to why we're sharing and why we're, we're putting all this effort in. And I thought to myself, I'm, I'm jumping ship. I'm not doing Instagram anymore because I feel like I'm just doing it for no reason. And of course, you know, I beat myself up and I'm like, you know, you're doing this for your family. Stop trying to like, you know, please others. But at the same time, I was like, what's going on Instagram? Like, what are you doing? Why are you not showing my posts to people? And I started like reading up on it and it kept saying like, you know, reels are the new thing because they're keeping up with TikTok. We all know that. And so sure. I was like, okay, they just like reels. I'm going to see if it actually, if that actually does have any kind of effect, like, you know, reels versus posts. And so I decided I was going to go on this journey of like, I'm going to test this thing out. Like I'm going to post and then I'm also going to do reels and I'm going to do reels consecutively to see what happens during that week. And see, this is my nerd coming out in me. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to analyze this. I'm going to figure it out. You know, so I did a week of reels and I was like, it's true. You know, like the Instagram would just push my reels and then I would post and I'd be like, look at this pretty picture guys. And nobody would comment. And I'd be like, 
wait a minute, you know, <laughs> like what? So then I started making more reels and I was like, let's see how long I can last with this. And I am on reel number 72 or something like that. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so I'm on a real kick and it hasn't grown old, but I'm sure it will because I, I'm starting to get tired of reels. I've been putting more photos in and mm-hmm. it's annoying. It's annoying that I have to be that I feel like I'm this puppet on a string for Instagram. So I'm like, you know what? If you don't like my posts, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's it's, what- I mean, it's, it's hard. Like there's, there, there is that kind of, I don't know, secret pressure right. to, to do what's going to create more community around the things you're talking about and uh, continue to, uh, have engagement. It's it's a really tricky tightrope to walk. Right. Right. I Because I, you want to have fun. You want to enjoy the process, but not everyone likes, basically you're creating very short videos. So <laughs> yes. And you know, they are long videos. So what you do is you record yourself. The process videos are the hardest ones because, mm-hmm. um, you are creating an entire video and then usually they're like 30 minutes long. And then the, the really annoying part of it is, is that Instagram is portrait and YouTube is landscape. Yes. So you can't even use that same video for YouTube, you know, the process video and say, Hey, you know, here, you can't do that because it'll cut off and you'll have the, the black ends on the side so yep. you have to pretty much just create for Instagram. You, of course, can use it on TikTok, but you're pretty much creating just for Instagram and not YouTube. So it's an entire process video silent because I put music over it and it's only a minute. So then you've got to go edit the reel. I know it sounds like a lot of work and I'm sure your listeners are like, oh, woman, stop doing that. <laughs> but then when you edit it, you have to speed it up because um, reels are only a minute and you're cramming in 30 minutes editing out pieces from your video. So it's a lot of work. Um, it is, yeah. and you're cutting out pieces and then speeding that entire 30 minutes, 20 minutes. By the time you've cut pieces out, it's like 20 minutes of work into a one minute reel. Well, you have to make a decisions about what's actually going to tell the story of this 30 minutes yeah. in that one minute segment. So, yep. That's have you figured out any like tricks to make it, to make it easier, to make it more fun? Um, are you asking your 16 year old to help? <laughs> no, not anymore at all. So I do That's it all awesome. on my own. Good so I learned um, how to do it and see the same thing happened with like the podcast. I kept telling myself, I can't do this. I can't do it. There's no way I hate my voice. I can't. Nope. And at the beginning of the year, I told myself there was three things that I wanted to do was start a podcast, um, show my face or, or talk more online to like mm-hmm. build that community. And the third thing was do more meetups. So like actually oh, yeah. meet people in, in the community person. and meet with them. And so I've, haven't shown my face. <laughs> I have not shown my face at all because I beat myself up and I'll, I'll 
say like, you know, no, you have too many wrinkles on your forehead. Like, no, your hair is horrible. Thank you. So I, I've done that to myself. And so I'm slowly working on those three goals throughout the year. And they're just my own personal goals. They have nothing to do with anyone out there. It's just all for me. Well, we should do an Instagram live the week that this episode goes up <laughs> just so you can put your face out there and everyone oh. can see how adorable you are. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's the one thing like, you know, people say like, oh, you know, YouTube is gearing more towards like they want people to show their face. And I was like, nope, negative, mm-hmm. not doing that. So I'm like, TikTok as well. I'm like, nope, you're not going to find me dancing. That's why I feel like reels is my safety zone because it's just my hands working, you know? Well, and I think this is, I mean, you're not alone in having this discomfort, whether we're talking about putting yourself on social media or just putting yourself in your scrapbooks. Right. Um, And, you know, you were talking before that it felt a little vain to scrapbook only about yourself in certain projects. And I think there's just that there's, different societal messages. There's the way you were raised. There's so many different factors that come into play that can make us feel a little insecure about showing ourselves and being vulnerable. Right. Right. You're right. So slowly working on that. (laughs) Yes. We're all, we're always all working on that, I think. So, but you did take the brave step of launching a podcast. Can you tell us more about it and what some of your goals are with the show? Yeah, so I um, started a storytellers podcast, and I really wanted to focus on. So I was on your show in August. Was it August? I believe, um, but it was for October. I know it was like pre-October daily, so probably August or September. Yeah, yeah. And I really fell in love with the way you do things, like so Aww, inspirational, so like motivating, and like. I kept telling myself, okay, if anything, this is the way, you know, I want to take notes. And if there's ever a time where I want to create my own podcast, I want to do it like Jen. And I kept telling Albert like, oh, Jen knows how to do it. Like, like, (laughs) oh, Jen uses this. And he's like, who is this Jen? Like, (laughs) and so um, I, you know, took note and I said, you know, I want to do this. And I had been thinking about it, but I was like, no, I... I, I kept talking myself out of it and I kept saying, no, mm-hmm. I, there's no need for that. Nobody wants that. That's just lame. Um, and so I talked myself out of it. And in January, at the end of December, I'm like, you know what, here are your goals. And I kind of do like a little vision board of pictures. And mm-hmm. I put a a mic, a podcast mic on there. And I'm like, <laughs> that one's funny because I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to start a podcast. <laughs> And so I'm like, but I'll just put it on my vision board. And um, at the end of December, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like, just jump and do it. And so um, I did. I started it. And with the with the goal in mind of that is that I have 10 pictures of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no stories written at all about me from my childhood. Uh, my parents don't have anything. My husband's parents don't have anything. We probably collectively have 40 photos between us all. My kids have no way of knowing any of that. There's no stories written down. And I, I keep thinking, unless you tell me the story and I write it down, you know, I've had to ask my mom some stories and then I write them down. 
then we don't know the stories behind any of us. And I kept thinking, like, what stops us, us, like me, what stops me from writing those things when I have all the resources? You know, my parents didn't have the resources. They were poor in Mexico. They didn't have pictures. They didn't have a photographer. You know, there was, mm-hmm. they didn't have any of that. So what is stopping me from writing my story? And, you know, I thought about that over and over. And I'm like, what stops us from doing that? And like, you know, are we shy? Are we, what is it? And so, you know, I really thought about it. And I thought, you know, there's different stages in our lives where, of course, there's more stories to tell. um, And there's just stages in our lives where we don't want to tell the story, you know, for whatever reason, trauma. And there's there's just, you know, all these reasons. And I thought, okay, I want to create a podcast that shares from our perspective, of course, the creative storytelling scrapbooking perspective of how we, we tell stories at different stages and walks of life Mm. and how we can help each other out in encouraging each other, motivating each other, inspiring each other to tell those stories because every stage is completely different. Like I remember when I had my kids, they're 13 months apart, my last two during that stage, I have zero pages, nothing written down, no scrapbooks, nothing. I took like four years off because I was too busy, um, you know, craving sleep, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. For sure. There's no way. Like, you know, I was craving a shower, not, (laughs) not writing a story down. And we have these remarkable people in this community that, you know, they bust out a baby. It's like they popped it out like, you know, yesterday and the next day they're writing stories, you know, and I'm like, what? You're making a, you're making a scrapbook. Like you just had a baby like last week. And I'm so inspired by people that can, you know, work through um, traumas and work through whatever's thrown at them in life. And they still write a story down. So I was like, you know what? You need to share with, you know, the whole population. How are you doing it in each stage um, to continue to be motivated and write these stories down? And I thought, okay, how else can I like do it without showing my face? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a point where I was like, I should probably put it on stories, you know, and have people like interview, like the way the BFF sticker girls do it. And I was like, nah, because then that would mean that I would have to show my face. And I'm like, okay, check that off. No, no thanks. And I thought, okay, a podcast. <clears throat> I'll talk to people and have these raw conversations with them and talk to them, you know, and, and ask them, how do they do it in their in their lives? at this stage, because I want to know, and I'm sure other people want to know. And so that's how it started. And that's where it comes from, you know, it's, and I don't know how long I'll do it for, you know, it might just be a short little mini project, and I'll be bored of it. But for now, I really want to focus on um, how do people tell their stories, and why they're telling their stories, and how can they motivate us to do it when we're stuck. Mm, yes, that's the important part for sure. Because yeah. we often will get stuck in our own unique ways too. And so I think that's really an opportunity to 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 really see yourself in someone else who's been stuck in the same way and was able to move past that. Right. Right. Yes. 
And I've been so, yeah, I'm so thrilled for you. This has been so exciting to to watch this show come come to be. Um, I you know I'm always asked, can you put out more episodes in a week? No, I physically cannot do that. <laughs> right. But so I love that we have a growing number of shows in the industry, and just you and I have chatted. We that there's just this spirit of collaboration and support for one another is important to both of us. And so I'm right. I'm just curious what you if you have more thoughts on that. Why is it important to you? Right. You know, I've, I've had some situations where it's like people are not very welcoming and, you know, that's happened throughout the entire time. Right. I, I had my own business, my own brand, my own manufacturing company. And even then I wasn't welcomed. There was some people, you know, they, they get really, what is it threatened? They feel a little threatened by you coming into their space, which they feel it's like their space, right? And you were not like that. And that's one of the things that I, I mean, I've, I've sent you messages and, and really felt like um, you are, um, if people didn't know you, you honestly have, you know, blinders on and you're like, let's go. I have a goal in mind. You have a goal in mind and I don't care. I'm staying in my lane. You stay in yours. And I feel like that's the way we should all work is that we we do have our own set of goals and it is okay to every once in a while you know high five people along the way that are right next to you in that aisle like who go, go girl because we're missing the whole bigger picture we all have um, certain talents and certain gifts that we each give this community um, because it's a lot of work podcasting is a lot of work it is not <laughs> yes. It, you know, you think like, oh, how hard can it be? I'll just get a mic and I'll talk into it. No, there's like, you know, there's appointments and editing and, you know, making sure sounds okay. And all, there's all these things that you should be high-fiving people along the way. They're, they're trying to figure it out as well, you know, and you have a lot of experience in this. And so for you to be like, you know, welcome aboard and high-fiving me, it was, I felt like, yes. That's the way I want to be. You know, when someone asks me questions, you know, I don't know how many times I will DM people when they ask me a question, whether it be scrapbook related, podcast related, whatever. And then I'll respond with, oh, I got it here. I did this. I went on Amazon. I, you know, here's the link to this and here. And they're like, oh, you just shared everything with me. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. No, 100% agree. <laughs> and you're like, but some people, don't. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what our community is about. You know, we hear over and over women empowering women. And I don't believe that until your actions speak louder than your words, because you can keep saying that over and over. And then behind the scenes, you're not very empowering. <laughs> you know, you're ignoring those DMs and not responding to people and not helping them. And, you know, so to me, I felt like um, you were the only one, I'll, I will put that out there, the only one that high-fived me along the way. And I'm like, what? That's why I was like, Jen, we shall collab. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. And that's, um, I know the community that I want to be a part of is one where we are high-fiving each other and encouraging it. Because if we don't, then this industry doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, if we only, <laughs> if it's only just, you know, one big box manufacturer right. who makes everything, then eventually it will just peter out. So 
they they as in the manufacturers they need us to be doing things to be talking about the products to be using the products and and keeping people interested and motivated and empowered to tell their stories so yeah i'm still high-fiving you all the way right i just met someone at a scrapbooking store in southern california and she said you know what what got me was that i dm'd you one day and i was asking you about like how you make your pictures this size blah blah blah. she Mm -hmm. goes you gave me the app you gave me this you gave me that she goes why and i said oh because i welcome everyone into this vortex (laughs) that is going to suck all your money dry i'm like the more people that i have that i can talk to about this hobby Because there are, you know, I have friends that I don't talk to them at all about this. I have sisters that I don't talk to them about my podcast or my scrapbooking because they can't relate. And so the more people I can suck into this, the better for me. You know, I don't feel like an oddball. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, and I also think with with podcasts, because for better or worse, we're still more on the cutting edge than than not. It is a silly newer format. And it's my hope that we can bring younger audiences into the fold and show them that we do have so much variety, so many opportunities to do things differently. And it's not scrapbooking is not necessarily what you think it is. Um, It certainly can be. And you can certainly love that so much, but it can be so many different things, too. Right. You're right. I that's I'm trying to get my daughter to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> well, next actually, my daughter just asked if she could if I would help her create a Pokemon scrapbook. Oh so I'm like, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> that's probably what my daughter wants. She's all obsessed with Pokemon. <laughs> Love it. So Veronica, this has been so delightful. Um, what are you also are you working on this year? Will you be doing October Daily and December Daily again? What's on your creative agenda for the rest of the year? Yes, I, I always create. Um, so there are summer books. I, I, make, I create them in the Life Crafted album and a Citrus Twist kits. Um, and then I also create a, an October Daily and then a, well, I call it like a December Memories book. But I'm thinking that this year, instead of going daily for the October, I think I'm going to make it into a memories because mm. I'm pulling the pressure off of me. I felt like I, I always have to like, go, 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 go. Like it has to be daily. And the more I talk to people in the community through the podcast, I'm slowly releasing that pressure of it doesn't have to be daily and it doesn't have to be created in October. And it is okay if I don't even create one, which I know people are going to say, no, you have to make one. Um, but I am trying to take away the pressure of, I want to create more just to create and less for Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, I love that. Um, I, the project I ended up doing was not what I started, but I ended up mining many past years of Octobers. What are the things that we do in October? Because particularly last year and the year before, we weren't really doing that much yet or at all. And so it made much more sense to just look back over the past decade and do a project that way. So there's always a way forward, including sometimes opting out and saying, this is a great idea, but it's not for me right now or this year. And to just keep going with what is uh, filling your bucket at the time. Right. I, I agree. I did that with the December uh, with the Disney album. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just compiled all the years of our Disney trips and put them in one album. I'm like, I love that. <laughs> yes, for sure. So can you remind our audience where we can find you online? Anything new you have, anything you have planned for the rest of the year in terms of your podcast or your more of your business life? Um, no, just I'm creating just for fun. That's my, my goal. My goal is to continue to, um, I'm going to jump off of the reels <laughs> of the daily reels that I've been creating. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I want to maybe just do a couple a week. Um, and only fun ones. I don't want to feel pressure to create. So um, I'm definitely going to start gearing my life towards more fun stuff for myself and less for, I don't know, following whatever it is that my mind thinks I need to be doing. (laughs) But um, I do have um, an Instagram. I'm Veronica underscore creates and a YouTube which I've been posting on there again, just to like check things out in a different, you know, (laughs) in a different platform. I'm like, what's it like over here? It's like, imagine me opening the door into a room and looking around and being like, okay, I don't like it in here. And I shut the door. (laughs) I like Instagram the most. So that's where you can find me. I definitely like Instagram a lot too. I'm, I, often appreciate that it shows me things that I'm interested in. Like, so my, my recommended tab is always like scrapbook stuff, planners, curly hair, (laughs) and then like a few occasional celebrity pictures. (laughs) That's funny. I I appreciate that it knows me and, and, you know, for better or worse. (laughs) It's true. I have the same thing. I, I, mine is always food, scrapbooking and like mom stuff. I'm like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, it's, it's all me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll include all the links that we mentioned in the conversation in the show notes for this episode. Thank you again for spending time with me. Thank you for having me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Are you ready to start implementing the great ideas you hear on the podcast? The Simple Scrapper membership offers a welcoming space to connect with fellow memory keepers and find the creative accountability you've been craving. Visit simplescrapper.com membership to learn more and join our community. It's the best it's ever been.